So welcome back everyone to this new year. The clock ticks over and we turn the page into 2020, uh, measured time. But what is the time that we can't measure with clocks and calendars? Uh -huh. Anyway, in our calendar time, 2020, so another decade opens and what will it bring? Probably fortune and misfortune. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, before we go into the topic I want to talk about tonight, I just want to remind everyone at the beginning of the year, because it needs a re reminder and a refresher every, every now and then about just maintaining the, the form of the practice that we do. Um, and for everyone to remember that when you enter at the threshold of the um, dojo, the meditation room, you do a standing bow like that to the Buddha. And when you walk in the room, you walk in that formal walking meditation way like that, not just swinging your arms by your side, but in a, in a formal way like that. And then and you, you walk along the edges of the cushions rather than diagonal. So you walk and then down. And then when you come to your cushion, you bow to your cushion and then you turn around and then you're bowing to everyone else and then sitting down. And um, all of that is, it's a, it's a practice of mindfulness. Um, it's a little dance that we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a way of um, creating an atmosphere of respect and um, appreciation, you know, for the cushions and for the uh, other people in the room and for the teaching. Um, so just re remember those that etiquette that we have, um, and this and the same on the on the way out. Um, what I wanted to talk about tonight, which is um, it, it's hard not to really um, as a first day back um, about bushfires, and uh, because it's been on everyone's mind, um, it's a, a major. Um, catastrophe that has occurred and it's been in the media and so it would, it would feel remiss of me not to somehow at least mention that that disaster that's occurred before we move on in our Dharma practice um, and I guess I would just like to uh, for all of us to just be um, present um, for a moment with uh, I think it's up to now 28 people who've lost their lives on this fire and um, and all the their family and friends who've lost those people and the, the houses and farms that people have lost. But in particular too, I want us to um, just be present to the fact that um, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of um, species of wildlife um, have lost their lives and their habitat. Um, insects, birds, wallabies, lizards, um, they're not there anymore. And there's a sense that some of them may be um, at risk of extinction. And um, we often give a, a, a donation once a year when we've got excess funds, do you know, to some organisation. It's not my decision to make a loan. Um, it's a joint decision. 
But I, what I would be, um, what my, my preference would be is that with the money that we can donate, that we actually donate it to um, wildlife organisations to support um, wildlife. I mean, human beings are getting a lot of, a lot of tragedy has happened to people, but people are donating money because we identify with other human beings. So we must automatically identify with the, with our fellow species more. But when we get beyond that and recognise the, the interbeing and everything and the preciousness of all forms of life, um, uh, it's not to say my heart doesn't go to the to the people who've lost something, but um, I'd like to not be quite so human centric and go beyond that. Anyway, it's not my decision, but um, I'm just speaking um, from my own heart. Um, bushfires, destruction. One, one commenter that I was listening to on television said, we've been punching Mother Nature for a long time and she's punched us back. Uh, and um, I guess if we reflect on that statement is that we, I think what's been in the, in the sort of public conversation and certainly conversations I've had with my friends is being annoyed and frustrated and saddened by the lack of our elected leadership in doing this. And I think there's reason to, to be disappointed in it. But it's very easy to, to just blame people in authority or elected officials. Uh, and if we really reflect on it, um, human beings as a species, we're all responsible for having created this. Um, we're all consumers. We all drive cars with fossil fuels and have electricity that comes from coal and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and travel on planes. And um, if, if there's any kind of change that's going to turn this about, it's, I see it as a two-way process. It needs to happen from the top down. But somehow it has to happen from the bottom up as well. And, uh, and we, I think all of us need to reflect on things like, do we really need a big car, you know, when we could have a small car? Um, do, are we mindful of trashing the environment in various kind of ways when, when we, we don't need to? Um, it seems like we're really getting a wake-up call about um, the, the consequences of the way collectively we've, we've lived as human beings. And we've had a, um, a dysfunctional, I'm a family therapist, so I use these terms, but it's like human beings have a dysfunctional relationship with the rest of nature and we need to address it. Um, the core, from a Dharma perspective, do you know the core of this when we go back to the basic teachings is about um, greeting, greed or grasping, whatever we want to call it, greed, aversion, grasping, aversion and apathy. Mm -hmm. And those things drive human behaviour and it's like we're never satiated. We, all, we always want more, 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 whether it's status or things or attention, whatever it might be. We're never satisfied. There's always this sense of having to gain something. Right? That's why I was pointing out words in the beginning of this meditation about just settling into the place where there's no gain. And 
if we can settle into that place, um, then our then our lives would be more attuned to a, a life where we obviously have needs that that need to be met because we're living creatures. But the the grasping and the greed is an add-on to it that we don't really need. But collectively, that's landed us in the mess that we're in. And all we can do is is look at our own um, contribution to that, whatever it might be. And um, I was reflecting um, during the break about how grasping and aversion and apathy actually plays itself out in the way that we drive cars. And um, if you drive on the road, you get people who are trying to push in in front of you like they're grasping to gain something and get ahead, you know, and at the expense of others often. And then you get the people who are who have either um, overt road rage or silent road rage at all the other people who break the rules. You know, so there's the anger that arises out of that as well. It's a kind of an aversion. And then you get the people who are driven by apathy who who travel about 20 kilometres under the speed limit and they don't have their lights on or use their blinkers, they're just kind of spaced out. And they go. So it, the way we drive, you know, is a manifestation of grasping and aversion and, and apathy. And it's kind of like a metaphor, if you extend that into many other areas in our life, you see it, you see it being played out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess all we can do is... Um, look at ourselves in terms of how we play that out and and be present to it and and to be honest and present to um, the harm that it may cause to ourselves or to others. I was also noticing um, when I was just um, sitting during the break at home and, um, and when I have a break from teaching I don't have to think about what I have to say not that I get preoccupied with it, but um, it's just kind of a, br- a break from words so much. And it, w- it really struck me how that when you, when, you, when you just settle into meditation, just sit there, um, you, you, you kind of, well, at least this is my experience. When I first sit down, I notice there's a, a slight resistance to sitting like this part of me would prefer just to have a cup of coffee or read the next email or read the news or whatever. And you kind of go, okay, well, I'll just sit there anyway and I'll just be, the, just be present to the resistance. And then after five minutes, it's gone, you know, and it's like, I don't want to get up. I just want to stay here. Now, right? and, and what's happening is that before you sat down, or my experience, I'm still, it's like an engine still going that's driving towards gaining something, like the pleasure of a cup of coffee or what was in that email, do you know? Gain. But as soon as you enter that, that place of meditation, after five minutes, it's like there's nothing to gain. You know? There's nothing to achieve. There's no, no happiness to achieve. There's no enlightenment to achieve. No mastery to achieve, no improvement. Just have to be, right? and it's so liberating when you enter into that that place. You're just awake in that place, right? and that's that's the liberation of the practice. 
yes, there can be an initial resistance, but once you just drop into it, um, apart from the fact that your, head, your legs hurt after a while, you could stay there forever almost. So anyway, um, let's recommit to, to entering that place of no gain um, through our future practice together. <laughs>